Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Terry Warfield. Terry wears many hats, but you may know him as a content creator reviewing camera gear and doing filmmaking tutorials. He also balances a full-time job as a father to five children, and he maintains a very healthy fitness regiment, something that I should learn from. I met Terry on Twitter several months ago, and we've been trying to do this interview multiple times over the last, I don't know, like three months. It was a real honor for me to finally get him on the show today and talk about how he started blowing up on YouTube. In our conversation, we talk about his interactions with Casey Neistat and how that led to being invited to a 368 event in New York City and how a film about his struggles in filmmaking led to becoming friends with Josh Yeo from Make Art Now. So without any further ado, let's listen in to my conversation with Terry. All right, so I'm here today with tight shirt Terry Warfield. Thank you, yes, Terry, sir. so much for being on the Golden Hour Podcast tonight. Uh, we're recording this 9 o'clock my time. I believe it's 10 o'clock your time over there. 10.02. <laughs> How many times have we uh, scheduled and uh, rescheduled this uh, interview? I think <laughs> probably like six. <laughs> like four was your fault and two was my fault. So <laughs> yeah, Four my fault. For sure. Um, I uh, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I have kind of been going through a whirlwind personal journey over here, moving back home to Nashville from uh, Los Angeles. You're looking at my new uh, studio. It's a work in progress. I literally just put some uh, plants in the background and turn on some lights. There's nope. nothing going on here. Those are the YouTuber plants. <laughs> <laughs> these are the IKEA plants that everybody has. Literally every single YouTuber has these plants. And if yep. you don't know what I'm talking about and you want to look at Terry's tight shirt, make sure to go over to YouTube <laughs> and check out our new Golden Hour podcast YouTube channel. You can see Terry's tight shirt and my IKEA plants. Um, hey, well, thanks for having <laughs> me, man. I really appreciate it. I've been a huge fan of yours for some time, so... It's pretty dope to get an invitation from you, and I'm happy to be on here. Dude, that's uh, very uh, humbling and flattering. Thank you very much. Uh, For sure. <laughs> so tell me about yourself, man, because like, I feel like um, you kind of came out of nowhere and became a part of our awesome camera filmmaking community. At least to me, you kind of got on my radar through Twitter. You were kind of responding to a couple of my tweets, and I was like, wait a minute, this guy knows what he's talking about. And I started looking at your stuff and YouTube started suggesting stuff. Where do you come from? What are you a filmmaker, photographer? How did you start this journey on, uh, on the internet as a content creator? All right. So, um, my name is Terry. Obviously I am, how old am I? 35. And I wear a lot of different hats. I'm a father. <clears throat> I'm a husband. Um, I'm a photographer. I'm a indie filmmaker. So, you know, I make short films here and there. I do pick up, like, client projects and stuff like that. It's awesome. When they come, um, I still work a 9 to 5 as a mortgage loan processor. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm a gym rat, and, um, yeah, I do <laughs> I do a lot of different stuff, man. <clears throat> That's awesome, dude. You should do a finance channel. It's actually coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, it's like, right now yeah, more it's, than ever, right? It's going to be a different type of finance channel because, like, right now, everybody's starting finance channels because, <laughs> yeah. you know, stocks are hot. But I'm actually um, looking to pursue entrepreneurship again. 
So, you know, obviously YouTube is a revenue stream. AdSense is a revenue stream. Affiliates, all of those affiliate streams. But I need something that's super solid, too. So I'm actually pursuing becoming a notary signing agent. Oh, wow. And, you know, from it, it kind of fits into the same income based type of genre that stocks and things do. But I'm going to be documenting my journey on that. So I'm waiting for my test results to come back. And as long as they give me the go, then that will be my second channel. But to answer your question. Wow. Congrats on that. I mean, well, thanks, man. I guess it's a little ahead. You got it. You got to get accepted first, right? Or whatever. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of money you got to put up. Not a lot oh, okay. of money, but. It's, it's an investment. A, it's you gotta not take a, a couple tests. Okay, a couple tests. It's, it's so not like you, a secret society or anything like that. <laughs> it's not like the Illuminati over here. Right. But um, basically, uh, for like mortgages, refinances, um, you know, the banks need notaries and you get paid like hundred fifty bucks a signing. So it's consistent money for those months that YouTube yeah. dips, you know what I'm saying? So well, uh, but to, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, like, you don't meet many photographer filmmakers that are also in the finance sector. <laughs> Like, what's going on there? I mean, have you always had a passion for both of these different career paths? No, I hate it. <laughs> so, uh, like, to be honest, um, my passion has always been cameras, photography, you know, films and stuff like that. And I actually tried to run a business off of it about eight to nine years ago. But obviously I was young, ill-informed. You know, I had a period where I was making a ton of money and then the slow season hit and then everything disappeared and the bills still had to be paid. Yeah. And I lost everything. So it was a learning experience. But um, that's where my passion has always been. Film and photography and obviously the gym. I love camera gear, love working out. Those are two things that despite no matter what I do, those two things I always have a passion for. Um, so. Am I a photographer, filmmaker? Yes. Um, I used to do wedding photography. I used to do wedding films. Uh, I don't really do wedding stuff anymore just because, like, I love creating <laughs> when I want to create. Yeah. And I don't like being under that pressure. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. Man, I'm yeah. right there in that same boat. I shot weddings for about eight years. And uh, that it's about seven years too much. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure, man. A lot of pressure. Good money. But it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, so it's consistent work. You know, you, sure. get, you get your 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 reps in, if you will, as a filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, we were shooting three a week sometimes. It was nuts. I was only doing probably at my busiest like five or six a month. But it was just me. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have crazy. a crew or anything like that. Yeah. But um, again, I kind of got away from it, and now I just do like stuff like creative projects that I want to do. Um, you know, obviously, if I get you know, gigs from referrals and stuff like that. I pick them up. Uh, but <clears throat> how did I like transition that into YouTube? I was, I actually used to do like phone reviews and stuff like that. Mm. And like, it just got to a point where I just felt like I was always like competing with people for views and, you know, who can get the phone first and everybody and their mother is a tech reviewer nowadays. And it was it's just true. like, you yeah. know, when I dropped the phone review, there was 40,000 other ones. And I was like, you know, sure. even though I love gadgets, the one thing that I never get sick of, I get sick of phones all the time. I got like four right now, but I never <laughs> get sick of cameras because to me, it's something about being able to press a freaking button mm -hmm. and you capturing that moment in time. Mm. And you can always go back, no matter what's going on in today's world or in your future world, 
and relive that moment. And that that concept of cameras is just so amazing to me. I just love how complex they are. So to answer your question, how did I get into like the camera and film space? I just kind of pivoted, yo. I was sick of making phone videos <laughs> and you know, it's a double-edged sword because the phones drop every six months, every seven months. So it's like you got consistent content because there's always a new phone dropping. So there's always content to make cameras, not so much. But I just felt like the camera space is really where I wanted to be. It was far less toxic, I'll be honest. Um, and that's where my passion is. And to me, it was a challenge because I'm being totally transparent. Like looking at our YouTube field, there's not a lot of people that look like me. You know what I'm saying? So mm. to me, it was like, you know, I, I know maybe they haven't seen something like me. A lot of people may not like it, but I'm up for the challenge. And that's how I got here. Man, I like it. A lot of our friends like you. Uh, a lot of people starting to follow you, discover you. I'm stoked for your future. And, uh, so, you know, hopefully this show will bring some more uh, fans as well your way. You mentioned uh, <laughs> it wasn't as dramatic or, you know, as toxic as uh, the tech space. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that? All right. So there's <laughs> like, now don't get me wrong. There's There's some toxic people in the camera space too. But what I used to see like, okay, Everybody has a preference. You got people that love iPhones. You got people that love Android phones. And people will literally, like, dog each other out. Like, I used to see <laughs> comments like, you know, MF and this. And I'm not going to, you know, obviously say that stuff on your podcast. But, like... Yeah, it's a clean it, like, show. Clean show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, dude, these are <laughs> cell phones. And y'all are arguing. <laughs> but I used to, try, you know, put up a video. And it may, may be a Samsung video. And then here come all the iPhone people you know, talking crap, this video sucks, you suck, switch to Apple. And I just found (laughs) that even though you do get some people, you know, if you have a Sony preference or Canon or Panasonic, I think people are much, much less toxic with cameras. Yeah, a bunch of nerds. I mean, mean, nerds are over in the tech space, though. What's different about us? Maybe we're artistic nerds. Maybe that's it. I I don't know. I think it's a... (laughs) it's that's a good question i really think it's like in the tech space maybe it's because people are so close to their phones because they use them so much mm-hmm. people are they get they like get emotionally attached to their decisions so <laughs> if i picked an iphone and i'm this iphone hardcore user and some dude come in my comments talking about android or what whatever the case may be i think people take it a lot more personal for whatever reason um, yeah. i also think that cameras a lot of people predicate, at least with phones, their opinions based off of like what's what's the newest and greatest. You know what I'm saying? With cameras, not so much because true. cameras don't come out as often. And sometimes a lot of people who are shopping for cameras, they don't want to buy the newest stuff because of the cost. Yeah. So they're looking at maybe a camera that came out two years ago or three years ago. And I just feel like it's, I don't know, people are not as emotionally connected yeah. to their cameras, if that makes sense. Yeah. Versus a phone. You've got, again, you do have some uh, fanboys out there of certain, you know, manufacturers, but um, also the thing about cameras is it can go all the way back to like film days when, you know, these the cameras were handmade. They're practically jewelry, you know, like a Leica, a 1964 Leica camera is like, you know, just an incredible piece of art in of itself. So you have that as well. I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know. It's interesting though that you say that. Maybe it's just because there's millions of people interested in 
in the the phone world and so there's just more people you know yeah i think that's a good point too um every <laughs> literally every person has a camera i mean a phone yeah it's insane um, how many people yeah. have phones even um people in third world countries have them uh it's kind of their main source of payment it's the way that you know everything's done these days it's nuts so i'm scrolling back on your channel about a year or so and i see just a real focus uh a lot of great thumbnails it seemed like you started to really take this YouTube thing seriously. What happened? What what was it that, that got you kind of in the right direction on your channel that has caused this, this recent growth? All right. So it's kind of twofold. Uh, the first thing is I started like paying attention to other channels. And what I would do is like, all right, I'm doing a video about something. I would look at what everybody else is doing. And I would be like, yo, like how do how can I get my thumbnail to stand out over theirs? Um, part of that is attributed to, I have a quote unquote kind of click, um, with three guys It started out with me, CJ knows tech. You probably, or you may have seen his name, yeah. C kid, C kid tech. He does like raps and also tech gear talk as of recent. And what we do is we do like a lot of analysis and we do a lot of research with how, like, how do we get people to click our videos versus everybody else's? And what we found is this. It's two major things, and that's the thumbnail, because it's like your magazine cover, and the title. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> what used to frustrate me is I used to do like these motivational vlogs, right? And yeah. even though I loved them, people loved them, they would never get discovered because obviously they weren't searchable, and the, title, the titles weren't anything that people would click on or search for. So I just started changing, like, I just shifted my mindset, like, how do I get people to click this? Yeah. Um, the thumbnail, I think is probably the most important thing because if you make, if you spend 10 hours making a video, but nobody clicks on it, then what good is the video? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I kind of shifted, but also there were a couple things that happened like, um, Casey Neistat found me a while ago mm. and he invited me out to New York and it was huge. And at that point I'm like, yo, what I'm doing obviously may be working, so maybe I need to put a little bit more effort into it because Thank a you. lot of people were starting to notice. So at that, I think that was like the turning point where I was like, all right, if Casey's hitting me up and only got like six thousand subs, like I gotta be doing something right. All right, hold I on, just, you gotta elaborate on that. What? So what? What's that story with Casey? Okay, so, so it was. Uh, I was on Twitter one day and um, was you know doing my usual, and I got to. I made a whole vlog about it. But um, <clears throat> Casey is actually one of my good friends now. We text all the time. But it was one day I was on Twitter. I mean, I wasn't on Twitter. When I woke up in the morning, there were like a ton of people like, Terry, Terry, check your DMs. Casey is looking for you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, dude, I found one of your videos. And I would love to invite you to New York. I'm having a creator's like Thanksgiving. And I would love for you to be a part. Dude, and. Awesome. It was huge to me because, you know, obviously knows who Casey is. Everybody knows who Casey is, but it was the first taste of like a person or a company. It was it was Casey partnered with 368 and Samsung. Yeah. And it was my first taste of like, yo, this flight is paid for. Getting <laughs> picked up in the limousine and you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous that these <laughs> yeah. type of opportunities are out here. So it was that that kind of like, oh man, I got it's go time. I gotta do I gotta take this serious. Did that give you like that affirmation that you were needing at the time to like say, you know what? I think I got this. I, I it, should it, go for it. It was huge because part of it, like 
you know, starting out, especially when you don't fit the quote unquote mold, you know, I don't look like everybody else. I don't have the same type of content. You know, when people like look into the YouTube camera space, you got to be honest, like a lot of the content looks the same. A lot of the people look the same. So I was a little bit hesitant at first, but it's like when I have 5,000, 6,000 subs and what I'm doing right now is working to a point where Casey is asking me to come like, okay, then maybe what I am doing is the right way to do it. Yeah. Or at least a starting point. You know what I'm saying? So that was really affirmation for me that, yo, you can, you can kind of, and this is like, I always encourage people like do it your way. You know, you are the product. It's cool for you to be unique. It's cool for you to be different. It's cool for you to not be like everybody else. And for me, that was <laughs> affirmation that, <clears throat> and that's no shade to the people that obviously want to do it however they want to do it. But for me, it was like, yo, this is affirmation that you can do it the way you want to yep. and still be successful at it. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the, I mean, the most important thing to remember is when you look at any niche on YouTube, there's probably plenty of people doing that niche already. The one thing that makes you stand out is yourself. What makes you unique? And exactly. uh, that's what attracted me to your channel and, and several others. And obviously Casey Neistat. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not know that story. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, the vlog is still on my channel. Awesome. It's we'll definitely dope. we'll link that in the description of the video and of course in the show notes of the podcast. Um, so it started kind of, I guess, around that time period, that affirmation, I'm sure really encouraged you to, to get going. And then you just kind of went for it, huh? Like, did you create a schedule? Did you start scripting your stuff? Did you start treating it like a job or was it just something you're doing on the side while maintaining a full-time job and being a dad? So I have to do it kind of on the side because, um, I have a huge family between me and my wife. We both came into it with kids. We have our own child together. So we have five kids total. Dude. So it, it's it's a struggle because, you know, you got to still work. Yep. There's always something going on with the kids. They in practice. They doing this. They doing that. Um, So I have to find. I got two kids, to, too, man. I know. I know the drill. It's crazy. Yeah, imagine how difficult it is with two. Now, multiply that times <laughs> another two and add another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. multiply it by two. Multiply it by one. two plus one. Plus one. <laughs> um, so it's challenging. Yo. It's very challenging. But. Um, I, I don't really follow a schedule um, because it's it's hard for me to maintain a schedule. Like, I can't always promise I can drop a video Monday night. I can't always, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's more so like when I can find time to create, which I, I make time to create. If you want something, you make time for it. So I make time for it. Um, but yeah, I don't script videos. Like, you know, obviously, I, I think why people gravitate towards me is because it's not scripted. Like, a lot of times I'm making videos, I'm going right off the top of the head. Don't get me wrong, I might have bullet points I want to hit, you know sure. what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I don't script videos because, for me at least, I don't go on YouTube looking for TV. I'm yeah. going in there to see personalized people making mistakes. Like That's right. I'm going on there for personalities, not to get produced content. So I try to, you know, obviously keep it saucy, but also keep it authentic. <laughs> and saucy is a word I like to use, to, you know, my videos looking good. Yeah. Um, but I try to keep it authentic and also informative at the same time. But yeah, I don't script and I try to at least drop one video a week, sometimes two if I can. But um, if I can drop one at least a week, I'm happy. I want to do more, but I can't. So, you know, I, <laughs> no, dude, I mean, good for you. That's awesome. I've been taking kind of a break this month. Um, I'm probably not going to post a video for at least 
another month or two. Uh, I haven't taken a break in three years, so I'm using this transition to kind of chill for a little bit and figure out what I want to do next. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm already kind of getting used to not uploading every week and it's, you know, it's easy to, especially with kids, like not upload you know, anything, you know, you know, what's crazy is we put that pressure on ourselves. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, it's true. It's true. Ever since I started YouTube, like I feel uncomfortable if I'm sitting around like on a Friday night where I just want to play video games. I turn a PlayStation <laughs> on and I'm like, man, I could be filming something. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy how much pressure we put on ourselves. One uh, one nice side benefit being a dad in this space is you have all this gear to take pictures of your kids with and mm-hmm. uh, and video with your kids. What's your kind of like go to home video documentation camera for you? Uh, I still use probably the most my phone out of convenience. <laughs> it's so convenient. It's gotten it's so, so good too. Yeah. Um, but if I have to pick a camera, it's usually, uh, the reason I don't use my camera is because my kids are at that age where if they see a camera, they put on an act. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, they like daddy's filming. Let's, let's try to be funny. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like that. <laughs> So um, I've been working on, like, I just bring the camera out and I'm actually not filming. I'm just holding it like I'm filming and try to get them used to it. Uh-huh. But um, typically it's my a7 III. Nice. Yeah, I, I can relate as well. I mean, I have the iPhone, but I've actually, I don't know. I'm kind of ridiculous. I'm using the C70 to film my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting it at 4K, oh, 10-bit, 60, C-Log 2. <laughs> I've I've decided that 60 frames per second is what I want to do to document. I hate it for like cinematic stuff, but to see like the motion of the kids, it feels like, you know, it feels like you're there. So, um I've always been I've I, the reason I brought up that question is cuz I've always kind of used the gear that I'm reviewing on the side to take pictures of my kids cuz I like I don't know. I just like doing it. But the problem is I end up like with the camera instead of with my kids. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but one of the videos, um, that you've posted recently that I wanted to talk about is, uh, about a friend of mine, uh, Joshio, who is a friend of the show, a uh, friend of the podcast. He's been on about a year and a half ago and, uh, we're actually trying to book him, uh, like as you know, this month or so to try to get him to talk about Anamorphia too. But you posted a video titled "I Quit After Watching Anamorphia 2," and in the uh, in the piece, you you uh, talk about you know how excited you were about it, um, but also kind of how it made you feel as a creative. It's kind of like, dang, that was so good. I can never measure up to that, or right. you know, just if <clears throat> that feeling. I feel like a lot of creators have felt that, and uh, Josh actually responded uh in a very just deep uh comment it's like uh, like seven paragraphs <laughs> gave me goosebumps man yeah like, like, he kind of like laid his heart a, out yeah he did we sparked up a conversation on instagram after that oh perfect um so ho- we're supposedly going on the live stream next month on my channel but you know he's got a lot going on too but yeah he's a new yeah, dad over there yeah it was crazy to see like how much and it was it was like such a contrast to me because you see this amazing freaking production 
And then uh, it's kind of like the the person. It reminds me of Joker out of Dark Knight. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like yeah. not to that extent, but th- this presentation was so good that it, in turn it kind of destroyed the person who made it. And that's why to me, like when I saw Josh's response, I was like, man, like dude could have just not responded at all, but instead. Like he really sat here for everybody to see and put everything on the table. And for me, that was, <clears throat> I have so much respect for him for that. It was crazy. Yo. That's awesome that it kind of sparked a friendship. I, uh, I love the guy. We talk fairly regularly and like, he is just one of the most authentic, you know, like just real down to earth dudes out there. And, uh, you know, he definitely highly like just deserves everything that, you know, He's For gotten sure. as a creator, he's one of the most, you know, just out there creative guys in our niche. Um, and Anamorphia too, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go see it. But then also go check out Terry's video um, because I think a lot of us can relate to that. I mean, what are your kind of takeaways now that you posted that video? Uh, you got 141 comments on the video. So a lot of other people can relate like what are your takeaways after expressing that? Um, obviously, at the end of the film, you you say a line. Just because you see something else great doesn't mean you aren't great yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, just elaborate on on how you feel after watching Anamorphia too. <laughs> Honestly, I felt um, I kept, I kind of feel empowered because a lot of creators felt the same way even i know just by watching his own video that's why i put a few clips of other people's comments from his video um sometimes i feel like greatness will inspire some people and also put down other people and it really depends on your mindset right so the purpose for me making that video was to i think i think the emotion of wanting to or i think the emotion of feeling deflated after seeing something so great you know, you might watch a Michael Jordan basketball or a LeBron. You might, you might watch, watch him drop, drop 60 points, right? And then if you're a Hooper, you probably like, man, I could never be LeBron. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like, that doesn't mean that you're still not a great basketball player. And for me, that video was to help transition people's mindset into, like, taking that negative thought and repurposing that and turning it into creative energy. So, like, for me... Seeing how many people, I wasn't even going to put that video out, honestly. Um, I sent it to Tech Gear Talk, my guy Sigi, and he was like, dude, put it out. But I'm like, like I wasn't going to put the video out just because I'm like, man, people ain't going to like this. You know what I'm saying? And when I put it out and I saw all, everybody like, yo, this was amazing and all the comments and stuff. It, The reason I say it makes me feel empowered because sometimes I think we need to act on stuff that that we feel like it's not good or we we may be uncomfortable with putting out there because you never know how good it might possibly be. So for me, after putting that video out, seeing all the positive comments, it makes me feel more comfortable when I do have these vulnerable emotions creatively or as a father, maybe putting that out there because other people can use that as motivation. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was super empowering. And then to see Josh, you know, basically like, yo, this was dope. You know, that's obviously I, I look up to him creatively. So, you yeah. know, that was dope. I think as a as a YouTuber, uh, you want to try to, like, talk about things that people are searching for. And that's what you talked about earlier in our interview, you know, doing things that people are looking for. But um, it's also as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, it's important to 
tell stories and to be yourself. And what YouTube really lends us as creators is the ability to really connect with the audience on a very personal level. That's the difference between YouTube and television is that people forget YouTube is a social media, just like how Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is. And, you know, if you were feeling down about something, you could post a tweet and people can, can comment on it. That's essentially what you did. You made a one minute and 59 second, you know, uh, status update, you know, on your channel, yeah, pretty much, which is really awesome. A, 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 a beautiful one. Cause it's, it's actually very mm-hmm. cinematic and really well made. Uh, Thanks, man. so I would encourage you to continue to, uh, to do that. Cause I think like, even though the numbers on the V vi- on the video probably won't get, you know, what an a seven S three review right. would get, uh, it builds that core audience that of people who actually like you for you. I think that's the real challenge as a gear and tech reviewer um, to kind of get the audience to actually be on your side and to be your friend, not just there for the content. Um, that's kind of the balance. And I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there about being more vulnerable with people. Um, you know, it's easier said than done though. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I know for one thing I found like with tech and gear, like people are only coming to get what information they want and then and then they out you know what i'm yeah, saying so exactly. like what i try to do is <clears throat> like if i make a i might make two or three tech videos in a while in a row but then the next video is something i want to do and it's just for like my own therapeutic purposes but it's always a challenge because you put all that work into it like you said like for example that video i made about anamorphia 2 and for like it got 1.8k views that's nothing you know compared to a tech video um, and it's always difficult because you want to make stuff like that. Obviously you want it to be successful, but you know, it's not going to perform as well as a gear video because nobody's searching for it. So, yeah. um, I, I do encourage people like, you know, it, it is challenging to get found based off of your films, but maybe like do a tech review and another tech review and then do two for you and two for them and one for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A good balance. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, here you are now about two years into this, like you're able to do this and you do have an audience now that will watch it and, and get give it legs. And your your channel has been hooked into the algorithm at this point. So they'll serve it to people. Um, if you're starting out and you're doing vlogs, which you were doing four years ago, three, four years ago, you know, and what I, you know, I have also done in my early days and other people especially like when Casey Neistat was big, everybody was kind of emulating the the vlog. Yeah. Uh, the daily vlog. <laughs> the daily vlog, but yeah. nobody cared because we weren't Casey. Exactly. Um, you know, now that you've established yourself, you can do that. So, you know, just be self-aware enough of that. But again, as an artist, like you can choose to do whatever the heck you want. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that Josh mentioned in the comment again on there is that his channel is really made for him. He's only making videos for himself. Um, and that's very unique, honestly, on YouTube. Uh, a lot of creators that I've interviewed on this show treat it as a business, as a science. I think Matty Apoya actually told me in our podcast that he sees it as a science and not art in any way. Uh, and then I brought that up to, uh, I brought that up to someone else and they were like, that's silly. That's dumb. You know? So like, uh, it just depends on the creator, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it it is a science. I, I guess it just 
like it's a numbers game it's mathematics it's science i guess it's just if you if you want to think about that stuff or not yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> um because you have people who who get super in-depth into the numbers and the science but they still don't see growth like a person who maybe doesn't pay attention to it at all so i think it really just you know what basket do you want to put your eggs in <laughs> exactly uh, one of the things that I noticed on your your videos is that you do have a really sick uh, setup. It looks like you got like I don't know a spare bedroom or a corner in your house. <laughs> when did you like designate that? And you know I just like to bring this up because I think a lot of people starting out uh, struggle with getting everything set up. Like how did you begin to build out your little your your YouTube studio? I was actually upstairs in our um, sunroom. And it was a time where I had an iMac up there. I had two cameras up there. And I was just thinking, like, if somebody ever breaks into my house, <laughs> like, it's just right there for them to take. So, um, and also I hated the sound because it was just a huge open room. So we have a basement. Um, my wife is super good with, like, it's crazy. Like, all my friends laugh at me because she's good at building stuff and I suck at it. <laughs> but she has her own YouTube channel where she builds, like, Arts, crafts, tables, what's, desks. What's her channel? Let's shout it out. Um, her YouTube channel. She doesn't really post a lot on YouTube. It's more so Instagram. It's home, period, by, period, 20, the number four, <laughs> HR, mom. Got it. Home by 24, mom. Oh, yeah, gotcha. she, Okay. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's dope. So th this L desk that I have, this huge wooden L desk, she built everything. Wow. Um, but I, yeah, I used to see people like my guy, uh, C Kid Tech. Like, I got inspired by his setup. Uh huh. Like, he took like a week and redid his whole office in there. I'm like, man, I got to at least looks looks something like that. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I'm I'm not really happy with how it looks. I just kind of work with what I have and, <laughs> and use light to my advantage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. But I think uh, like for people who are starting out, like just get the core stuff. You need to start with lights more than anything. You know, you can have the best camera. You can have an A7S 3 but if you don't have lights to make your scene look good, it, like lights, audio, and then you build out from there. Yeah, exactly. Then get your camera, cheap, you know, cheap RGB stuff. But fortunately, I have had a couple companies sponsor some stuff, like Elgato has sponsored a ton of stuff. I'm using their lights right now. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> It's still a work in progress. <laughs> I, I wish I could have a dedicated space, but you know, I, right now I can't. Oh yeah, totally. I I think it's important to have uh, flexibility. I mean, I'm using this room right now, but it's also a guest room. So like, there's actually a bed right next to me here. So nice. when, when we have guests over, I just I'm gonna clear all this out, and then they can stay here. Um, but well, that'll be awkward if I have to do a podcast while they're sleeping. But uh, that, that would be a little bit awkward. <laughs> just a tad. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I think having it as turnkey as possible is is pretty essential to, you know, it, it, at least for me, it just really made me have a lot more ease about being a YouTuber because it's like you just sit down, turn the lights on, turn the camera on, hit recording, just go. You don't have to like set everything up. And then, I know it's like a little thing, but just setting the lights up and the audio, like just th those 20, 30 minutes uh, kind of annoy me enough to not do it and not create. I don't know. That's just me though. <laughs> I think my biggest challenge is my kids, man. Like 
<clears throat> they know when I'm coming in the basement that I'm coming to work. So they always want to make appearances. And <laughs> it always seems like as soon as I start recording, uh-huh. they turn up. They get... <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you do it? Do you shoot at like late at night or something? Yeah. Typically, I wait till they go to bed. Or I'll go upstairs and I tell them all, you better shut up or you're going to be on punishment. <laughs> but, you know, they kids. So I try not to put that on them. Kids are going to be kids. So I just what's I typically the, just wait. What's the age range with all them? Six through 17. Oh, my gosh. It's six, six, seven, nine, about to be 11, and one is about to be 18. And you're, you're in Ohio, right? Yes, sir. Uh, is it snowing up there? Oh, we got hammered today. Remember <laughs> yesterday when I told you it was bad yesterday? No, yeah. it's terrible today. Yeah, we got like snow I, over here in uh, Nashville as well. So How much? I don't know. I haven't been out there. <laughs> it's not like yours, I'm sure. Um, but was that game canceled <laughs> that you were telling me about? No, they didn't. They what? did not cancel it. I posted some pictures last night that you would think that they would cancel this basketball game. Uh-huh. And it's it's still wild to me that they're even having it with you know the the human malware going on, but yeah, they 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 they're still doing it. But no, they didn't cancel it. So <laughs> last night I was there late. So you mentioned that you have a uh, a full time job, and you know you talked about it in finance. Do you recommend doing that? Are you trying to get out of that? Like, what's kind of been the way that you've been able to? How, how have you been able to balance that? I think there's a lot of people listening to this. That are in your <clears throat> that are in your same shoes, their parents they have a full time job but they also want to do uh, content you know on the internet, you know what is it I mean how how do you do it It's crazy you're also working out all the time. Yeah, um, I really think it's just the mindset of like you got to get it done. You know, um, it's it's very challenging. It's very stressful sometimes, but I always tell people like if you want something bad enough you got to make time for it. And yeah. <clears throat> like Dave, I'm not, I'm not like being funny. I have done literally everything under the sun legally. I can to try to like break through to financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I won't say, yeah, I mean, I've been unsuccessful. I've learned something from it every time, but I've been unsuccessful. Um, and I feel like YouTube is the one thing that I'm finally good at. I'm finally like yeah. starting to gain traction on it. And I see other people around me and I understand that I'm, I'm seeing how much money they make from it. So I know that it's, you know, possible to make full time income just by creating online. Yeah. Um, so I do have an exit strategy. So my, I'm hoping to. The thing is, like, when you have a family, you can't just be sporadic with these decisions when you are taking care of everybody so it has to be calculated yeah so i do have an exit strategy where that's why i'm lining up like this business for no to be a notary notary signing agent uh that will in turn allow me to leave my job and i think the important thing is like for me i can see that youtube works that like the proof of concept works how can you scale it you know what I'm saying? And yeah. for me, scaling that is you got to scale it. The only way I can scale that is to get more time back for myself. So, you sure. know, it's I've seen like channels like Peter Lindgren. I'm sure you probably know who he is, where mm-hmm. he got he lost his job. And then that that for him was the catalyst that allowed him to go super hard on YouTube, which in turn scaled his income, et cetera. Um, so I do have an exit strategy, but I think at the end of the day, you just got to make time for the stuff you want to make time for. 
if you really want it bad enough. If you want it, you'll make time for it. <laughs> yeah, and for me, that was uh, about three weeks ago when my wife sat me down and said, David, I need you to take a break. <laughs> and I said, yes, darling. <laughs> yeah. Breaks are good, man. And uh, yeah, having relationships uh, is good too. So yeah. always that balance is is, is important. But uh, like you said, um, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I'm, you know, coming off of working for Indie Mogul and now I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. So um, that's a whole another story in of itself. But me leaving was, that was my choice. I quit um, to give my family a better life here you know in nashville rather than la and uh yeah so i'm kind of in a weird limbo right now myself um i don't know why i'm bringing all my problems into this uh (laughs) 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 but uh yeah hopefully that inspires some people uh to get out there and just create um one of the things that was really mind blowing for me too, coming from being being a, a freelance creator, was how how like you said how much money people are making uh, in YouTube, and not only you know the high end, of course, you know Mr. Beast making tens of millions of dollars, you know Logan Paul tens of millions of dollars, uh, you know David Dobrik again millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have these people who are essentially celebrities, you know, on on YouTube. Um, but even within our niche, the camera filmmaking niche, this small community of people, uh, I always look to Peter McKinnon as kind of the metric of like what is sort of possible if you're really good. Um, but he definitely has this crossover of like people just watch him who maybe even aren't into photography because mm-hmm. um, he's such a great personality. Mm-hmm. Um I think Matty Apoya has done a really great job with his channel. Potato Jet. Uh, mm-hmm. Kai W has had just longevity through this. I love Kai. Kai's amazing. It's one of my favorite <laughs> channels. And so you see like <clears throat> Kai, Caleb Pike from DSLR Video Shooter. All these people mm-hmm. like them, they've been on for over a decade now. And then you have people like Matty who've only been on for three, four years, but have created a successful business. So it's kind of nuts how even in a niche like this, you can make, you know, well over six figures, which is a, a healthy amount of money uh, right. for, for somebody, especially not living in New York City, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's, uh, I think it's wild the times that we live in, man. Um, it really is. It's crazy because we can have conversations with our children now where if they, if they say, hey, I want to be a YouTuber, like that's a real thing now you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah 10 years ago you'd be like get out of here go to school get a job etc but you know i look at some of these channels that maybe i mean there are i, I do know people in the photography niche who are clearing five figures a month you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying um but you look at some other channels like you know I, I take a lot of inspiration from the younger generation because i'm I'm 35, so I feel old, but you got, you know, you got kids out here, like literally kids, 18, 19 years old, making eight, $900,000 a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, daddy, I want to be a YouTuber is now a real conversation. It's crazy the world that we live in. <laughs> it's amazing too, because it's really opened up the doors for anybody to create, no matter where you live, no matter where you come from. Uh, there's no producers, you know, with a clipboard deciding who is going to make it. It really just depends on how hard are you willing to work and how, you know, that's really it. How hard are you, are you willing to work? 
<laughs> and there's an audience for everybody too. And like, I always put that in perspective to people too. Like people, like, I want to start a channel for X, Y, Z. There's somebody out there for you. Yeah. And if you, even if you could capture a, 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 a hundredth of a percent <laughs> of the total people searching for that, you are still successful because there's so many people watching YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it connects with so many people around the entire world. It's, it's wild to me. Yeah, I, I was in a um, a clubhouse room the other day. Mr. Beast was on it and a couple other YouTubers. And he mentioned that. He was like, pretty much any niche, no matter what it is, uh, you can make a full-time living. Like, a, you know, what's the average? The average income in America is like 60000 Like, the overall average. Is it like, that high? Yeah, so you can... I think so. I mean, you obviously account for the people who make a lot of money and it offsets it right uh, when you're averaging it but uh, I think it's like 50 or 60 thousand like that's pretty like you know that's pretty doable for YouTube if you just you know crank out videos um, mm -hmm. to I just know from experience uh, doing two videos a week you know treating it like a job you can make that much money fairly quickly too if you if you're just doing the research and looping into the algorithm uh, again, I think we're a little spoiled because the camera industry, uh, has pretty high CPM and it also has the affiliate links tied to these very expensive cameras. So yeah. when somebody, if I talk about the a7S three and somebody buys it using my link, I mean, that's a $3,500 purchase that I'm getting a commission off of, right. um, versus, you know, like a makeup a uh, girl selling a $5 lip gloss, you know, she's not going to make any affiliate off of that. So you right. have to scale it, you know, you have to get millions of people to watch it to make any money. But mm -hmm. um, anyways, I'm getting into the weeds here, but um, it is pretty amazing that pretty much anybody can make a living uh, doing On this. On YouTube. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, what's, you know, what you talked about the finance channel. What do you have any plans for that? Like, do, do you have a name for it? Do you have a direction uh, for it? Something we could kind of look out for? Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet. Um, it's going to be based around notary signing, but I don't want it to be just a notary signing channel. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm using notary signing because I, I got to play the game. I got to play the algorithm game. It's a huge thing right now, Is notary it? signing agents. Yep, because people are starting to find out how much money you can make as a notary signing agent. And there's a shortage because the rates are so low and people are looking for ways to make money. Huh. Um, so for algorithmic purposes, it's going to be based around that, but I want it to be more so like, a, just like a finance channel, like my journey financially tips and tricks, stuff like that. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet. All of that stuff is still in the works. I also, <laughs> nice. uh, I'm still trying to figure out how I want to organize it. Like if I want it to be like an LLCS corp or whatever. So I'm still trying to figure all that stuff out first before I start my YouTube channel. Um, but it'll be, should be within the next 60 days. Um, I can't really give you any hints on what to look for because <laughs> I don't have those yet. <laughs> I guess but we'll yeah, see just, on your Twitter. Stay tuned. Yeah, it'll be on my Twitter. And then obviously your uh, amazing channel already. Terry Warfield, uh, tight shirt, Terry, everybody go check him out. Um, we're excited to see the content that you create. Hopefully you can get your hands on an A1. I would love to see a review of that. Man, they Sony playing around. They, they need to. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, doing I, so many cameras right now. It's oh insane. my God, but it's so amazing to see them. Yeah. Regardless of what people say, 
like just camera after camera after camera and each one serves a specific purpose whether people want to admit it or not yeah so it is um so i have talked to sony um you know obviously i don't have a huge channel so i don't get dibs on them when they only get 20 of them you know what i'm saying but yeah sure um i'm expecting to get one hopefully within the next month or two to test out oh sweet dude uh, that's yeah. awesome <clears throat> i will I, I can't wait to test it out i mean that is one of the benefits of uh being a Sony shooter, they see that and they like that and they, they'll hook you up. <laughs> Hopefully this uh, coronavirus thing will be over soon and, you know, they'll start doing all the events again. That was one of the most enjoyable parts of this uh, job was like going to the Sony events, going to NAB, you know, those types of things. So um, hopefully that happens again this year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right, Terry. Well, thanks again for being on the Golden Hour Podcast. Everybody go subscribe to his amazing YouTube channel and tell him that you found him on the Golden Hour Show. And uh, yeah, Terry, thanks again. Nice to meet you officially on uh, on Zoom here. And uh, we'll be buddies now, right? Well, we're buddies now. And uh, thanks again for having <laughs> me on here, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate How about we both get some sleep because we're tired dads? <laughs> yeah. I- I'm actually considering going to have some coffee right now, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> okay. Well, I am I am not going to do that. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, man, for coming hey, on. Thanks, man. Talk appreciate soon. It. Hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Terry Warfield. Again, make sure to go subscribe to his YouTube channel, which is linked in the show notes below. And please make sure to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at Dave Mays and let me know your thoughts about this show. And if you have any guests that you would love to see on the show. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and we'll see you next Tuesday.